What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Friday, another episode of Why Are We Bullish? I'm still gallivanting around the globe. I will be home in about 10 days. I've been away for a while now, but uh, uh, it's been fun uh, and we're keeping it going, even though I'm on the road. Uh, I've got an awesome, awesome panel today that I'm very excited about. Uh, we'll get them all in momentarily and do some introductions. Uh, but of course, this is live. I think my internet connection is pretty good uh, this time around, but you never know. You never know what might happen. So I, I got to give the disclaimer here. Uh, it's live. Anything can happen. So I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Of course, if you have not already, please do like, subscribe, share, all those things. They really help a ton getting this show in front of more eyeballs. I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Before we bring in our guests, let's take a quick look at where we are in the market right now. This is timechaincalendar.com. We're sitting at 29,455 US dollars per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 3,395 sats. Uh, in terms of fees, it looks like uh, next block, 24 sats per byte. If you're willing to wait a little bit, 12 sats per byte. Mempool is uh, purging anything just below six sats. Uh, and in terms of Bitcoin mined, 19.45 million Bitcoin have been mined to date. That is 92.64% of the total supply. Uh, shout out to sponsors of the show, hodlhodl.com. If you're buying Bitcoin and you've got a few priorities in mind, like peer-to-peer -peer trading, uh, instant self-custody, no KYC, head over here. You can sign up with an email address, nothing more. Scroll down, really simple. Pick a currency, pick a payment method, pick an amount and start viewing offers immediately. They also have a lending platform where nothing is ever rehypothecated. Check them out. Link is down below. Once you do stack some non-KYC sats, you're going to want to store it with some of the best hardware on the market. I love CoinKite, everything they do. The cold card Mark IV is my go-to hardware wallet. They have a ton of other awesome stuff that I use all the time. Dapp Signer, sats card, block clock, open dime coming really soon. The cold card Q1. Uh, I think before the end of the year, if you want to reserve it or you want to pick up anything else I mentioned, head to coinkite.com. Use code BTC Sessions for 5% off everything in the store. Uh, now, of course, uh, backing up your Bitcoin wallets is important as well. Cedor is one of the most robust hardware steel solutions to back up your seed phrases on the market. Uh, the disk and capsule is just basically keeping your seed phrase resilient to fire, water, corrosion, all of that stuff. Uh, their starter pack will get you started with uh, this big ass mallet, all of the, uh, the characters and everything you need to store and secure two full seed phrases. So check them out. There's a link down below, uh, Cedor, and I was super glad 
to meet those guys in Prague when I was there. Uh, if you're looking to go beyond single sig and you want to dive into multi-sig, in particular assisted multi-sig, Nunchuck has got you covered with their Honey Badger. You can set it up really simply on your mobile device with things like the Tap Signer, Cold Card, and a ton of other hardware options. Uh, they hold a single key. You hold the rest of the keys in a quorum. They are your signer of last resort. They have baked-in inheritance planning, and it's no KYC, so you can set it up without any personal information necessary. Uh, so check them out as well. And the last shout out, Start9, your sovereign computing solution. You can run your whole Bitcoin stack, Bitcoin Core, uh, Lightning, mempool.space. You can also host your data, files, passwords, photos, Nostra Relays and clients, all kinds of stuff. They're knocking it out of the park. They have entry-level devices all the way up to what I'm using, which is the server pure, which is a beast. Uh, so anyways, check them out as well. Links are down below. Anyways, enough of my rambling. I need to get in all of my guests here. Uh, I want to welcome uh, Roman. I want to welcome Giacomo. I want to welcome Aioni. And uh, I'm very excited to have all of you here. I think a quick round of introductions is in order before we get started. Uh, and then we'll just dive right in. Um, anyways, Roman, I'm going to toss it to you. Uh, we met at a gym in, in Prague uh in a hotel uh and i came in for a workout and you were there and we got chatting and and here we are but uh good to see you man can you give yourself a little introduction for anybody not familiar yeah thank you for being here it was so funny to meet you in the gym because um uh you didn't know me and i recognized your your <laughs> hair color and i thought oh that's the guy oh, from ptc sessions um <laughs> yes it was in prague and uh, yeah i'm roman from germany uh i have a german speaking bitcoin youtube channel Bitcoin only for sure no trading no altcoins and all that stuff it's more about economics and uh, sometimes technical part and for sure all the all the mind-blowing things Bitcoin uh, will bring to our society. So, um, yeah, I think it's the uh, most orange-pilling <laughs> YouTube channel in the German area, but it's focused on German language. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, it's it's very rarely that I speak in English. <laughs> so, so, well, so I'm, sorry I'm if my English is bad, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's great, man, and uh, and it's good to good to see quality educators uh, from across the pond. Uh, so welcome to the show. Glad to have you, uh, Giacomo. Uh, I I'm I'm I needed to have uh, you on for diversity, um, so I'm glad to have you, man. Uh, can you give yourself a little introduction? Yeah, my my Oxfordian pronunciation can compensate the German accent. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect British English. So of course I'm Italian, not uh, not English speaking, uh, not native English speaking as well. In my fiat life, I was uh, uh, I had a degree in physics and I was working as a technology consultant in Accenture. But then in 2013, I went Bitcoin only. Uh, I did several things. I participated at the launch of a Green Address that then became Blockstream Green. I did some mining stuff. Uh, I did a lot of bullshit like uh, uh, food tracking blockchains back then. But then I, I moved to Bitcoin only. I created a laboratory a research lab in Milan that was uh, uh, pretty pretty good and pretty large. We hosted the uh, Bitcoin uh, Scaling Bitcoin Conference in Milan, the bigger meetup uh, back then in continental Europe, and uh, we helped to develop start like the Ball Standard for Lightning or Open Timestamps with Ricardo Casate and Peter Todd, uh, the very start of BDK library with Alec 
Marcos Fellini, the RGB standard, which was then copied by Taro. So a, a lot of cool, uh, cool stuff. We, we really had a, a, a great years. Then lately, I, I moved to like a freelance job as a consultant. And I'm a very small investor in a few startups, uh, advisor in a few startups like uh, Satsback, uh, Rely, but very, very small participation in those. And uh, I'm moving as well to education. What I'm trying to do in the last uh, months of my life is to move from consultancy, which is great but boring, into education. So I organized the course in El Salvador and I, I co-organized the, the Plan B Lugano summer school. And now I'm trying to put all this education stuff together. So that's probably my focus for the next months. I, I love that. Education is is incredibly important and there can never be too much of it. So I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear the pivot. Uh, awesome. Um, well, uh, Ioni, welcome. And you're going to have to remind me how to pronounce that because I'm so self-conscious about it. <laughs> I, I can hear that you are. That's fine. That's fine. It's perfectly fine. Most people are. So my name is Ioni Appleberg, uh, based in Sweden. And uh, we met uh, at Prague as well for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had some a great time at the bar. That was fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. It was a late night. It was a late night. Yes. And uh, well, I am. I think I might be the only one here who has uh, one feet in Bitcoin and one uh, foot, one foot in Bitcoin and one foot still in the fiat life. Uh, I am a Bitcoin YouTuber like like you guys. Uh, my channel. Uh, is mostly about the philosophy behind Bitcoin, and uh, and I am also an an author. I I've recently published um, Abundance Through Scarcity, uh, which is uh, been selling quite quite well. Uh, we published it, it we re released it during the Prague conference. And um, in my fiat life, I work as a medical doctor. Ooh. Interesting. But I'm trying huh. to pivot more and more to, um, I'm transitioning more and more to uh, Bitcoin. That's really cool. I, I picked up a, a copy of your book while I was there. Unfortunately, I don't think I got it signed by you. So I'm going to have to not. fix that. Yeah, let's fix yeah. that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 next time I see you, I'll make sure I have it in tow. Uh, but it is, it does look very nice. The artwork on it is, is beautiful as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, it's, it's a welcome addition to my bookshelf. So, um, well, gentlemen, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to kick off the, the meat of the show now. Um, of course, everybody in the chat, welcome. Uh, love to have you here. And um, it, the chat is live to the audience as well, for better or worse. Uh, we don't censor here. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we've got the chat going all, off to the side. Um, if I see anything super relevant to the conversation, then I'll, 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 I'll highlight it at the bottom there. Um, but for those unfamiliar with the show, this is Why Are We Bullish? Uh, really simple flow to the show and concept. Basically, each one of us comes with a reason for being bullish, something that we're excited about in and around Bitcoin. And it can really be anything. It could be a personal experience, a news item, um, an app, a device, uh, really anything. And basically the flow of the show is one of us is going to present a reason why they are bullish. That's our chance to rant and chat about whatever is exciting them currently. Uh, after that, all together, we're going to riff on that reason, questions, comments, wherever the rabbit hole takes us. And then finally, third, we're going to rotate to the next person until we all get a turn. So reason, riff, rotate. 
simple. Um, I will get us started this time and I'll reiterate to the panelists. I, I always have to do this just in case, but make sure you don't drop your reason early. I will explicitly ask you why you're why you're bullish. So I'm going to start off with my reason for being bullish uh, and then we'll we'll just start riffing here. So um, I'm particularly bullish uh, in and around human rights with uh, with Bitcoin as, as a tool for that. And, and I say this because I've. I've um, kind of started working more closely with uh, the Human Rights Foundation and trying to assist um, in in wherever Bitcoin can be a useful tool in in those instances. So there's a lot of times where um, you know there's there's dissidents in in a particular spot where uh, they might have the threat of you know censor transactions, shut down bank accounts, all of those kinds of things. And obviously, as Bitcoiners, we know that, you know, Bitcoin is censorship resistant. We know that, um, you know, it. No, there's nobody there to tell you no, as long as you're taking self-custody and, and you're using Bitcoin as it was meant to be used. Um, and so uh, human rights activists are, are beginning slowly to clue into this, largely thanks to the, the work of Alex Gladstein and others at, at the Human Rights Foundation that, you know, drew that connection and, and saw it as a useful tool there. Um, and, and you know, I, I went to uh, the, the Oslo Freedom Forum earlier this year uh, for, uh, wasn't my first time attending and it was a fantastic event and it was really cool to see those connections. But, but in, in chatting kind of behind the scenes with different human rights groups uh it's it's i'm i'm kind i'm kind of selfishly excited about it in the way that i get to relive some of those aha moments where i see people start to piece together like oh wow this is actually this is actually super useful i didn't realize that that this was a feature of bitcoin or um or, or, or even the the less positive stuff of trying to troubleshoot because like Bitcoin is sure it can you can transfer value globally more or less instantly for for very cheap and nobody can censor censor those transactions but there's a whole other mess of hurdles that exist once you transfer that value globally once it arrives to its destination depending on the locale, how do you actually utilize that value in a way where you can get what you need locally? And that's very different depending on where you are. Sometimes you got to figure out some sort of a peer-to-peer -peer thing locally and get the local currency and then get what you need. Or sometimes there are, you know, peer-to-peer -peer exchanges. Sometimes there you can just get gift cards. Sometimes you can just go direct to businesses that accept Bitcoin, but it, it's kind of a mixed bag wherever you go. And so those are the things that in the background are starting to be worked out, are starting to be grappled with. How do we, yes, we, we've now got the permissionless censorship resistant um, global value transfer available to us, but what the hell do we do with it once we get it? And those are gaps that aren't quite bridged everywhere yet and are gonna require work. But what I'm seeing is that the work is being done and people are starting to say, okay, what, what can we do here? How can we, how can we piece this together? How can we do this in an adversarial environment where 
the government or or various organizations don't want us to be successful how do we how do we work around that and i think that's um that's something that is incredibly valuable and that is is getting more accessible to these people and and those with the most to lose are always the ones to jump onto these technologies first um or sorry uh, with the least to lose like the, basically like you're, you're already kind of screwed and so you you need to rely on something like bitcoin um but i i i see it getting more robust and i can't give a ton of detail on that because obviously i don't want um, to to uh, you know burn anybody that's that's actively working behind the scenes and is a dissident or anything like that. But I can I can say that um, I've I've had a number of calls and I have more calls happening soon where I actually get to work with these people that have real world problems and Bitcoin in some way shape or form is actually beginning to solve these problems. And so that's what I'm excited about. And I, I know that was a little vague, but hopefully it gives enough for you guys to kind of uh, maybe dive in a little bit. But I'm going to open it up to you guys and, and, and ask if you've had any, uh, if, if you've kind of seen what Alex Gladstein is doing, um, your thoughts on kind of Bitcoin as a, as a human rights tool. Um, where are you guys at with this line of thinking? Anybody can jump in. So I will uh, I will start to say that uh, I I always uh, I'm always happy to see Bitcoin going back to be um, associated with uh, ideals and 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 goals and not just tools. Technology is very important, but uh, the typical you know there is that meme where the Indian guy uh, is all dressed up in gold and is like I'm here for the technology. So the joke would be that he's actually there to get rich but not for the technology, which is the important thing. But I would argue that not even the technology is the important thing, not being rich, nor the technology. The important thing is the goal we want to reach with this technology, which is exactly uh, censorship resistance and uh, uh, like defense from attempt at central planning with money and, uh, and confiscation, inflation. So those are the real uh, ultimate goals. And technology is a very important uh, tool. We have to get back there in order to use Bitcoin correctly and not be confiscated, not to be inflated away, not to be scammed. We have to learn. We have to push ourselves out of our uh, um, comfort zone in order to learn key management, inheritance, good tools, best practices. So uh, and we have to vet proposal, technical proposals at some capacity. The community has to understand if this fork proposal is good or not. So it's great that technology is discussed and there is no other community where engineers uh, have the same kind of respect from others uh, as, as in Bitcoin. But uh, that's the tool. The real thing uh, beyond the tool is the goal, which is exactly uh, individual sovereignty. Another thing that I would say is that usually either you defend these ideas in a way which is very logically consistent and very uh, correct, but not very mainstream, so not very not very uh, uh, connected with the, the political correctness of the day, and then you are consistent, you are right, but you tend to be seen as contrarian, 
or you go mainstream, but then you lose the consistency of your message, like you start to promote ESG bullshit or stuff like that. Instead, the Human Rights Foundation, has, I think, is doing an ex a very excellent job in staying in between the bad cop and the good cop. They are they are using rhetoric, rightly so, which is very close to what is politically acceptable. Like uh, nobody is. Everybody in the fiat world is against financial inclusion, but nobody can say that explicitly. They must pretend they are for financial inclusion, for women's rights in the Middle East, or for or or against colonialism. So they have to pretend they are those things. And so the rhetoric is acceptable for mainstream politics, but also they are not selling away the soul of what really matters. The people involved there are actually they they are they are not wasting time on some kind of uh, environmentalist or or uh, like a racial bullshit they, they're focusing on real stuff like privacy and rights so uh, i think it's a very good reason to be to be bullish yeah i, I like it yeah. anybody else want that sure in? so you want ioni uh no so go ahead Okay, thank you, man. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah I think um, uh, our problems here are not on the transaction layer. Like we have good payment methods and um, most people use this. But um, I think our problems will be more in the future. Like when we are probably censored in digital payments and CBDCs and all this stuff. And um, probably then it's too late to get Bitcoin like something, a payment method here. So the adoption will probably come from very poor developing countries so these people has, uh, has, a, has a need today um, for a censorship resistant uh, transaction layer not so much on a inflation hedge uh, that's more the case here so i think um which which alex gladstein want to say with uh, the this um, article at bitcoin magazine check your financial privilege uh, it's based on this topic and and i think it's so important for this mention uh, for this um uh, for these people today but um for us in the future so i think the solutions uh which we see today uh which are developed um also by grants uh, giving to bitcoin developers by the human rights foundation um will be solutions for us in the future and for the people in this very poor countries today and um i think um Giacomo was a little bit right <laughs> that they don't want to, uh, to uh, the, the fiat world don't want um, the financial inclusion. But the problem I see is that the people in these countries don't have bank accounts because there aren't banks. They don't have bank accounts because they don't trust the banks. That's the point. And uh, so if we create better products than the fiat world, and I'm pretty sure the free market will create better products than the plant market. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin will, will lead uh, in these countries. And I'm pretty sure Bitcoin will be money in the future because of this and because of the work from the, from the Human Rights Foundation. And yeah, I'm bullish because of this. All right. So yeah, I'm very happy that you bring this, uh, the humanitarian perspective up, Ben. Uh, because I, I believe that this is one of the uh, least developed narratives, but one of the most important narratives of Bitcoin. Uh, it, it is not at all in the mainstream consciousness yet. And we need to bring the humanitarian perspective of Bitcoin into the mainstream consciousness. I think that is very important uh, because Bitcoin really is, uh, as you said, the, the technology is not really, as you said, Giacomo, the technology is not really what's important here. The important is that it is an effective expression of the best ideals in the world. Um, it is the most inclusive technology 
uh, that we have. Um, I mean, for instance, when it comes to uh, uh, to our increasing surveillance in the world, uh, our financial privacy, our financial lives is the most intimate aspect of our lives, whether you believe it or not. And just to have Bitcoin protect your financial privacy, as well as onboarding uh, the excluded 4 billion people onto the global economy. That's, I mean, the downstream effects of that is, um, in, are going to be enormous. So it benefits everybody. Um, if you, if we can connect 8 billion people on uh, a single open neutral monetary network like Bitcoin that has money that cannot be corrupted to steal from you and that cannot be corrupted to spy on you, uh, that's, um, that's a that's a new world. That's a, and that's a world I want to live in, and that makes me very bullish. And we really need to uh, underline this humanitarian perspective. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I, to, I I want to jump back to something Roman said. Um, it's it's interesting thinking that some of these some of these nations and and some of these people in nations where. Uh, Bitcoin is most needed right now because they're they're uh, most held back, or they're they're they've got the most amount of of financial oppression upon them. Um, that they could basically pave the way for what Western countries have to deal with later, um, because again, the the ones with the most to lose right now will end up being. Uh, the countries that are are the the most um, uh, most in control right now in in terms of currency and and their ability to manipulate it to extract value from their constituents, um, those are the places where if shit hits the fan, um, those ones are, are the ones that are going to have the most of a knee jerk reaction that can be the 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 most difficult to navigate as a person living there. Um, or, or you know, if if they take it to that level, uh, yeah, we we could stand to learn a lot from how these early adopters that are already in dire straits are are using Bitcoin and learn from their successes as well as their failures uh, to to hedge in the future to to perhaps um, save almost save ourselves a little bit. Uh, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. Do you guys do you guys think it gets there? Do you think it, it gets to that point? Who? Well, whoever wants to dive in, I don't know. Do you think we get to that point where we we have to look at uh, how how the people that are navigating Bitcoin right now um, we have to learn lessons from them? To to, so. I, I'm pretty sure because I think um, Bitcoin is a is a fair money. Like um, it's it's not equal to everyone. It's fair to everyone. So. Um, people which are diving in today are these people with the biggest need today. So I think uh, these are the biggest winners from Bitcoin. Like it's going up forever, Laura. And when it's going up forever, the early adopters are the biggest winners. So the people with the biggest need are probably the countries and the nations and the people which are today the poorest people. And uh, probably Bitcoin uh, will bring a a little bit more fair level worldwide and uh, new opportunities for for example monetize energy uh in in some um uh, very uh 
poor um, sections of a country where no um, electricity is today and so on. So I'm pretty sure we will learn a lot of this because um, we are in such a privileged situation today that we don't see which problems our fiat system will bring us in the future. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> this will be for a lot of people very hard to realize um, yeah, that they probably missed um, this very important technology. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Awesome. All right. Well, I, I don't want to spend too too much time on, on my topic here. What I will say is if, if anybody hasn't kind of seen um, what the HRF is working on and, and what they've been doing, um, go check them out. Uh, also, if you get the chance to visit the Oslo Freedom Forum next time around, I think they're doing it in June next year. Uh, it's well worth attending. And it's really kind of cool and refreshing as a Bitcoiner to go to an event where Bitcoin is present, but it's not a Bitcoin event. Um, it's just there in the background as a tool because it's relevant. And I think I think we need more events like that that are not Bitcoin events, but Bitcoin is there because it's useful in some way, shape, or form. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna kind of put a pin in that one, uh, and uh, and we're gonna rotate through. First of all, again, thanks again to everybody in the chat. Uh, love the messages. Keep them coming. Um, and give this a share. We'll get even more people in here. Uh, but we're going to do a rotation. Um, I'm going to toss it to uh, to to actually Roman first, and uh, I'm just going to cue you up with the simple question: Why are you bullish? Take it away. Yeah. I'm bullish because um, the whole uh, financial sentiment is changing about Bitcoin, like the financial giants. Um, they think, uh, oh, um, there are good sites on, on Bitcoin which we can use, and that's correct. I think everyone can find a, a good thing on Bitcoin. But um, like uh, to reference to Alex Gladstein again, um, like in his uh, book title, it said, uh, Bitcoin is a Trojan horse for freedom. Uh, I don't think they realize this. And um, yeah. Probably they think uh, they can control Bitcoin, but they can't. And um, I think it's a Trojan horse um, for us, for, for everyone. And now they think, yeah, we, we bring regulation and all this stuff and bring this right up. And I'm bullish because so I think we have some some partners, some Bitcoiners in in uh, in there, like uh, in the SEC. I, I know it's a, it's a not very common uh, view on this, but uh, I think Eric Gensler is something like a Bitcoin maximalist. Everything he's doing is, uh, yeah, kicking out all this altcoin stuff, this gambling stuff, or bringing this in a regulation in a in a very regulated part. And um, he's a kind of defending Bitcoin from created by individuals or, or institutes like create paper Bitcoin um, because they are not backed. They sell probably uh, Bitcoin spot ETF, ETFs, which are not um, backed by real Bitcoin. And so he's um, stopping these spot ETFs and uh, he's saying, hey, um, make it sure that, that this Bitcoin ETFs you sell um, are really backed by Bitcoin. So I think this is kind of, Defending Bitcoin's um, natural, yeah, I, I, this, this 21 million, you know what I mean? So mm. I think um, that's not far away from which we hope when Bitcoin is going to the financial giant 
financial industry that, um, yeah, I think this is one of our biggest risks that we get a lot of paper Bitcoin, that, that we blow up the market with Bitcoin, which are not really there. And I think the, the SEC is defending this a little bit. So this is my view on this. And I think I'm, we can be bullish on this. The IMF says, okay, um, let's let's don't don't uh, let's forbid Bitcoin. Let's uh, find rules um, with Bitcoin. We we learned we can't ban this. Um, China learned this by banning the mining and making nothing except of mm. proving Bitcoin is resistant. So I think um, in the end, we can be very bullish that Bitcoin is going to the mainstream like this, but. This is probably a question to you. Do you think we reached the mainstream or is this just knocking on the door and uh, we will be kicked out soon? Interesting. I th so, okay. So somebody in the chat, Mark said, uh, is Gary a closet Bitcoin maxi? I think he is an overt Bitcoin maxi, more or less, um, in terms of like his view on, you know, what's what's the secure... I mean, it, I... I, I I don't know. I'm a little torn on 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 Gary. I think uh, I think Mr. Gensler is. I th I, th I think he's just saying it how it is. Like if if you whether or not you agree with what the SEC does, it the 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 rules as they're laid out. If you're going to go by those rules, it's pretty clear what's a security and what's not. Um, that said, I. <laughs> I'm I'm also torn on the on the like the the big institutions coming to Bitcoin because on one hand it's like great you know more more people are 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 kind of recognizing value in Bitcoin but also I think there's a, you, you know like you were you were saying um, more scrutiny on on reserves and stuff like that I think that's a good thing isn't actually going to happen I don't know we'll see. Uh, that would be great, uh, you know, if if they made sure it was one to one. But like, <laughs> who are you trusting for that? Um, I think I think at the end of the day, though, your the Trojan horse point that you're making, I think it it very much applies in the way that you said, where you said they think they're going to be able to control Bitcoin, but they won't. And I think that comes in two forms. One, oh, we're going to rope it into a you can only transact in the way we say. And I, I think it's pretty clear like that's that's not possible. Um, but I think also um, there's there's a way that the, that a lot of these institutions believe they're going to be able to continue to play fiat games with people's money when they're dealing with Bitcoin. And I think that's the bigger Trojan horse because we've seen it at larger and larger scales with with like exchanges, right? We saw, you know, Mt. Gox and Quadriga and uh, like FTX and many others. I think next you're just going to see banks that 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 are like, yeah, we can custody Bitcoin for people, and then they're going to fuck around and find out. Like they're they're going to do the same thing, I think, and they're gonna and 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 there's going to be problems i i think there's going to be times where banks are like we just don't i mean we saw we saw prime trust but, that's a but trust what, company but what happened when when what will happen when they fuck around with bitcoin and they're falling on their nose and um, the state will print money 
<laughs> to save them. So they destroy fiat because they fuck around with Bitcoin. So yeah. okay, Bitcoin even winning, right? Well, yeah, and, and that's what I think. I think I think that's where the the Trojan horse thing is most on the nose is is you you fuck around, you find out you gotta print some more fiat to buy back the sats at a higher price because you've devalued your currency. And that that snowballs, right? Like that if if you fuck around enough, you can't print enough fiat to buy back the Bitcoin you've lost if it's a big enough loss. So like, I, I, I'm i not saying that's gonna be like the explicit reason for Fiat's downfall. I think it's doing a, a great job of that on its own. Um, but like at some point, you're not gonna be able to buy sats with that toilet paper that you've just printed. Um, and so, you know, like the, the, there's an end game to this is what I'm getting. I'm curious, I'm curious what, uh, I, I, I want to hear what uh, Yoni and uh, and and Jacques sure. have to say. I mean, the ultimately, ultimately, uh, Bitcoin doesn't care about financial institutions. Still, we have to zoom out and look at the larger perspective. And like, if in in the process of a hyper Bitcoinization or some sort of Bitcoinization of the economy, I mean, it's inevitable that financial institutions are going to get involved. Like, and we are at that stage now. And I think that um, I think that Bitcoin is ready for it. In the, in the early stages, in the beginning, Satoshi did not want uh, WikiLeaks to use uh, Bitcoin because it had not matured enough uh, to withstand potential um, attacks. But I believe now that Bitcoin is big enough to withstand attacks and it is big enough to withstand scrutiny from financial institutions and they can use uh, bitcoin however they like bitcoin is for everybody it's for it's for you it's for me it's for the poor it's for the rich it's for financial institutions and everybody can use it as they please and this is just one of the many uh let's say milestones on the road to a more significantly bitcoinized economy and it might, in, in the longer term, uh, not be much of a milestone, but I mean, to us, to us now, it seems that it might be, if uh, not for anything else, as you said, Roman, uh, that it really brings Bitcoin into, uh, into the mainstream. Um, it, it's a new vehicle to really bring about uh, Bitcoin's um, presence in, in, in mainstream society. Mm -hmm. Agree. Giacomo? I was going to answer to this question, but then I noticed that you defended the uh, Greek uh, bitches over Italian ones in the chat, so I'm just leaving the, the stream right now. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, knew I, gonna, I, knew I, don't, I don't believe in nation states, so it, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, so uh, I, let me try to push back a little bit to try to be contrarian just for the sake of conversation. I don't like, uh, uh, culturally speaking, uh, the um, association between uh, Bitcoin maximalism and uh, regulators like Gensler, mostly because uh, Bitcoin maximalist is the uh, descriptive idea that uh, money eventually will converge over 
scarcity instead of just uh, going through uh, infinite replication because otherwise you will not have scarcity and that uh, since money will uh, converge there descriptively then prescriptively you should not print shit coins or promote shit coin because that, that's incentive incompatible that ju will just create distortion and that's the reason that shit coins are uh, stupid it's not like that uh, it just happens that shit coins are bad shitcoin must be bad for a, for a matter of incentives the way they are built uh, but this is a market process a, a market selection process trying to give him uh, to give it a help a push from a central party that will centrally push toward this final selection uh, will not just uh, not help in the long term but will also produce uh, uh, opposite uh, effects for example uh, let me let me let me put it this way i think that the us regulators are uh, bear much of the responsibility for the existence of shit coins themselves. In, in which ways? One, they print money so people cannot save in money. So everybody are, uh, is forced to invest instead of saving, saving because they, you cannot just save anymore. So you have to over monetize everything from real estate to artwork to everything. So now you create the push to over monetize everything. Now, People can monetize maybe stock markets and, and enterprises, especially during a technological evolution like in the, in the last decades. But then you prevent them from doing so because the average Joe cannot invest in public companies because maybe they are not qualified investors. If you are uh, from uh, outside the US, uh, underage, uh, you cannot participate to any regulated market. If you're not rich, you cannot invest in markets. So if you want to save, and then invest, but you are not already rich and privileged, you just can't. So first the regulator will push you to overinvest, uh, also cutting interest rates and forcing you to invest. Then it will cut you out of regulated investment and then they will like uh, they will be surprised if some new in uh, thing like bitcoin will create a huge wave of uh, of basically of of um, clueless illiterate retail investor just trying to get a piece of of this of this evolution not just that, that which is a very general discussion but also in particular Gary Gensler maybe now anti-shitcoin some, in some degree and Bitcoin uh, positive. But then again, he was the best buddy of uh, Sam Bankman-Fried just, just a, a minute ago. So I will not give him a, like a super free pass about, uh, about like a very, very careful uh, selection. Let's say this is, I, I'm saying this, I'm pushing back for uh, as a devil's advocate because the, the, uh, my, my feelings are a little bit more uh, complex for, for at least three reasons. One, as, uh, as, as, uh, as Roman said, and Yanni said as well, everything is good for Bitcoin, even bad things, they will just make Bitcoin stronger eventually. So even if Gensler now use, uh, the, uh, use the power of the state to shut down centralized shitcoin, then he will come after Bitcoin, and I think it, eventually he will, but then eventually he will lose anyway because of the things we have said. So everything bad is still good for Bitcoin. Second, uh, this is a matter of, you know, freedom versus virtues. Like, I, I don't think that uh, we can discuss nutrition and we can say sh industrial sugar uh, is bad. Like seed oils, let's say seed oils are very maximalist. Seed oils are bad. And we will say, no, we are fight. They are bad. No, they are good. They are bad. And I will say they are bad. And I want to say that, uh, they are bad. And if I say they are bad for a few years and then I, I'm proven right, uh, they were actually bad. I feel, I feel psychologically and professionally gratified. But if uh, government is starting to 
forbidding uh, seed oil, creating like an underground network of uh, uh, seed oil speakeasies. I, I mean, I will just, this is the best way to turn me into a seed oil crusade. Uh, so the point is that uh, shitcoin should die because uh, people will learn from mistake and suffer and reason. Uh, they should die for a market process. It could be very slow, very confusing. We can help this process by educating, by explaining, by, by keeping moral standards. But the violent, uh, the violent arm of the government uh, pushing for the selection, it may work in the short term, but it never, never works in the long, long term. In the long term, you always get uh, like opposite results in a sense. You, you, get, uh, you, you get basically um, uh, distorted incentives that will make everything you want to make it right, you will make it uh, bad. For example, like, like always, right? You, you make uh, uh, drugs illegal. Oh, now you will save people from drugs. No, you will just push drugs into uh, illegality where they will be cut with, with, with bullshit and kill more people. You want to make, uh, but, but that's basically everything. You know, when you centrally plan, you, you, you fuck it up. So, uh, I, uh, so eventually it will be good for Bitcoin. And I know that uh, we should uh, defend the principle that shit coins are bullshit and we should stay clear from those. But I will never cheer for a state intervention in, in, in that. Yeah, I, I want I, I want to say two things on this. Uh, so first, I would agree to you: we should never trust any politicians or or government guys. Like, uh, so we we should be careful all the time. But um, I have a different uh, opinion on Gary Gensler, uh, also on this stuff with um, Sam Bankman-Fried and so on, because uh, so. For sure, the largest uh, exchange in the U.S. has contact to the SEC, for sure, right? And um, so you can't look that deep in, in a $9 billion uh, exchange that um, created from nothing in just one year. You can't check all the processes uh, which are going on there. It's just a big cloud. Like, I think they found out they had a USB stick with... <laughs> With, with private keys worth of $200 million in a, in a table, in an office table. What the fuck? So <laughs> how do you can, how do you can realize this? Uh, like, like the, the chief of an, uh, of the SEC, it's not possible. So I don't know what, how deep he was really involved in this. So yeah, probably he met him and so on, but I don't know. Um, I think all Gary Gensler does, if, if we have, have an, um, really, uh, like, like an, um, uh, let, let me check the word. Um, if we have an uh, yeah objective point of view on on what he does and and just see what he's doing, it everything. So if a Bitcoin maximalist <laughs> would have his position, I think he would exact doing exactly these things, right? But in the end, you are totally right. We don't need regulations uh, for for a free market to uh, which bringing Bitcoin out like it's the hardest money. Yeah, everything else will, will crash and, and all the shit coins with a single point of failure will fail. So it's a market decision in the end, not a regulation decision. And yeah, and I'm totally with you on this point. Interesting. I, th I, I think the, again, when it, when it comes to Gensler and everything, it's, I, I often find myself, um, Again, ag ag agreeing with the words, but not the the apparatus with which he's a part of. Um, I think I think in general, I tend to err on the side of 
uh, it would be better if everybody were left to their own devices to make their own mistakes. Obviously, fraud is fraud. And in any society, that's going to have a consequence. If you steal from somebody, there's going to be a consequence. But in general, like if it's just a shitty product, um, then I, I think it would be fantastic if there was just a period of everybody, you know, whether it be like in younger life or whatever, just making their mistakes and becoming very conscientious of what they do with the fruits of their labor, right? Where, where, you know, I, damn, I worked a whole week and then I bought hex shit. Um, like that, that, like, I, I think that needs to happen to everybody at least a good handful of times so that you can actually think before you spend your money. Like, I, I think pe people need to experience that. And when you have, yeah, I guess to Jacques' point, when you have somebody saying, no, you're not allowed to do this, you, you, in part, you're probably going to go do that. <laughs> um, or you're, if it's, if it's at least opaque for a little bit and, and it, it's, it seems like something that you weren't able to do prior and now all of a sudden that, oh, look, there's like all these slot machines that are just suddenly available to me. And like, great, I'm going to pull this lever because apparently it's the only way that I have a hope in hell of making it to retirement. The people are going to pull that lever over and over and over again. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, I guess if we're zooming out, it just comes a bit down to when the mo money is broken, people are just going to make whatever desperate decision they need to make in order to have, you know, an ice cubes chance in hell of, of being able to protect any semblance of savings that they have. I, I think that's kind of where we're at. Right. Yes. As I said, on a professional level, I mean, I cannot deny there was some guilty pleasure in like telling to my clients for years, don't mess with shit coins. And they were answering, but there are good opportunities. Yes, but you are going, uh, Bitcoin already is like a decentralized, uncontrollable, uh, absolutely scarce asset. That's pretty like, break, uh, that's already disruptive enough. So focus on doing that safely. Don't meddle with shitcoin because you will enter a, a unpredictable jungle of, of a, a infinite degrees of scam on top of scams. So uh, I say that uh, I've been mostly ignored by, by big clients like banks. And now see, seeing them panicking because the US is gone forbidding everything which is not Bitcoin gives me some degree of aesthetical satisfaction. But I try to remain lucid and to contrast this with, uh, with some theoretical consistency <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um all right gentlemen i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to keep it rolling here uh I, and i want to get to the other uh the 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 other reasons for being bullish but um i'm all again i'll toss it out to the the chat let us know um at the end of the day institutional adoption good bad double-edged sword how do you see it toss it into the chat um also, before we move on to the next reason for being bullish, I need to, to address a very important issue that was brought up in the chat by Yellow, of course. Um, 
he 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 says that Yoni, uh, you, you look like the bad guy from Die Hard, where he comes in in order to avenge the death of his brother in the previous movie. Can you confirm or deny that you are the bad guy from one of the Die Hard movies? I am a good guy disguised as a bad guy. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, great. Oh, five right. I'm, I'm glad we got that cleared up. Uh, <laughs> Yellow, you were you were just mistaken. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, all right, we're, we're going to do a rotation here. Um, I'm going to actually toss it to Giacomo here. Um, and again, cue you up with the same question. Why are you bullish? Go ahead. So I'm bullish because everything in the world is going to shit. So uh, like everything is, is broken, right? Everything is bad and governments are, are basically censoring government. So governments in the democratic West are arresting people for social media posts that's happened in UK, Australia, and they are arresting protesters in Canada. And they are when, when the governments will not do that directly, uh, corporation will be pushed by government to censor the platform and uh, confiscate money like PayPal recently and stuff like that. And even when the government is not pushing, there is also just an ideological pressure to conformity. So some corporation will do, will do that just because without even having explicit uh, government uh, uh, government uh, push so it's uh, it's uh, it's great so again don't, be, don't get me wrong um i'm not uh, like fanboying for the government the best possible word the, the, let's say the easiest word a little bit boring maybe but easiest is a word where bitcoin is not even needed because the government will not print money will just use the gold standard will not confiscate will not require kyc everybody will be free, be free to transact that's the best of possible words but it's not really possible it's utopistic the second best word is a word where the government will try to stop us and we strengthen bitcoin which is anti-fragile and thrives in, in in attacks and it will become stronger and stronger the, uh, the, 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 the worst word is a word in which Bitcoin seems to be useless because it seems like the word is peaceful. And then after you let it go and you let it become complacent and weak, then they will attack and destroy. Uh, the, the example I will give and then I stop uh, is the Internet. The internet was conceived at a time where nuclear threat, and threat was, was actually felt, but privacy was not really important. So there was not encryption built in. And it was commercialized in the 90s where there was no concern about uh, centralization. Like it's, it's, all, it's all fine. Let's just centralize everything because the 90s were a very like uh, optimistic moment in which, I mean, the government will never spy on you and only the cypherpunks were fighting back to a degree. So we have to avoid that. We have to avoid uh, years in which uh, the honeymoon between the Bitcoin and the mainstream will, will, will go on so much that we will forget non-custody, we will, we will forget self-custody, non-KYC purchase. We will forget everything because it looks like they are never going to attack us. And when they do attack us, we are just weak. We, are, we didn't learn the best practices. We didn't, uh, we didn't uh, teach the best practices. We didn't develop tools. So like, for example, mining. Now mining pools are requiring KYC, but that's inevitable. The thing is that this pressure of censorship will push people to do uh, Stratum V2 or a Lightning payment or Covenants or ARC. Everything which is happening, which is good, it's a, it's a second degree effect of censorship attempt. So let's keep it coming. Please, government, keep censoring and printing. We need you. <laughs> I, li I like this line of thinking. And it makes me think that um, a lot of the privacy guys uh, that and, and a lot of the 
a lot of the uncompromising zealots on Twitter are probably right. Like the, those guys that, that are like that, that are uncompromising, even if they're not 100% right, they're directionally right. And the, because they're so far in one direction, uh, you know, not everybody necessarily needs to be that person, but the importance is that they're pulling the average They're They're pulling that Overton window towards privacy practices self-custody, self-verification, you know, running your own, no, all, all of those important things about being, you know, a, a, a first-class Bitcoin citizen, we'll say, um, they're, they're pulling that average over. And I think that's important. And so that's, that's why I try, you know, the, I, I put up a video a few weeks ago where I, I'm not that guy to like, try to orange pill my waitress or something like that. Like I'm not, there's a time and place and I'm not that I'm the person further down the funnel. Like people are get interested in Bitcoin and then they figure out how to use it. And I'm, I'm there. I'm not the person to like, you know, annoy random people. I just met three seconds ago, <laughs> but I was with some people that were those people. And so uh, they were like, they, they managed to get this waitress to say, okay, uh, we're going to, uh, we're, we're, we're all going to give you some sats and they'll post something online and maybe other people will give you sats and uh, they'll send you some Bitcoin. And so like, I, I think I had about 30 seconds to get this person to be like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Otherwise it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and so like the, the good choice for lightning would have been like, let's get you Phoenix wallet. Here's a 12 word phrase you're going to write down and you're going to back that up later. And blah, blah, blah. And like that there, it was more time than I had. <laughs> uh, and, and what I mean is there was more time than the person was going to give me. And so it was like, okay, all right, well, uh, I guess wallet of Satoshi it is, which, you know, obviously I like in my head, I'm like, mm, okay, all right, I guess. Um, but I, I caught shit for that. And, you know, I don't take it to heart. It's, it's fine. I get it. Um, I will, I also wasn't that worried because uh, I was like, you know, this person will, will have a touch point. They'll probably get a, she ended up getting like a few hundred bucks from random people on the internet. And now she's, you know, curious about Bitcoin. She may not have the Bitcoin anymore. She may have like used it to pay, you know, her credit card or whatever the hell it was. We have lots of stuff to do that in Canada. Um, that's besides the point. This person now has a touch point with Bitcoin. They had a few hundred bucks. They'll probably look back in a few years and be like, oh my God, I paid a credit card bill. I could have had like $20,000. Um, so like, that's kind of the point. But nonetheless, I caught a ton of shit for like not doing the most robust like self-custody option. Um, I don't fault those people for screaming at me for not doing that because I recognize in the grand scheme of things, it, it shifts that Overton window towards let's have those best practices. And I think it's important to, to, to move towards that in that way. I, th I think that's um, a good goal. And I, I, I think we will get there um, in terms of like stepping further back to your, the world is going to shit <laughs> initial thought um yeah that's what's needed to to get people to recognize why bitcoin is 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 needed and and i i said the word touch point 
there were a whole lot of people in Canada that got their first touch point of, oh, Bitcoin's useful uh, in, in a place where I never thought my bank account would be shut down. Suddenly it happened. Um, and so while I don't think that all of those people are instantly Bitcoiners, they, they just saw a very real world example of why it's useful. And that was, that was a pretty impactful first touch point. And a lot of people don't even fully know that, that actually most of that money is like it got directly to those people. Some of those people may have lost it. That's, that's a touch point in and of itself. Um, they, you know, they have custody of it or they had custody of it. They may not ever claim it. Uh, but you, you know, sure as hell at some point they're going to look back and be like, somebody gave me like a whole bunch of Bitcoin. And now that would be worth a hundred thousand dollars. Um, cause it was, <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew, but like each individual trucker that got one of those packages, it was eight grand at the time. Um, th- 10 years down the line, anybody who didn't claim that or just like, just didn't pay attention, they're going to be like, holy shit. And even the people that did use it and just like bought gift cards or something there, that's going to, that's going to be a huge, huge kind of thing in the back of their minds for, for time to come. And all, all the outsiders looking in saying, oh, that's the only thing that worked. It's the only thing out of all digital donations that actually got there. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, Giacomo, to your point, um, I heard something very reminiscent said by a Bitcoin mechanic, uh, who is, who's an awesome guy, uh, on stage. He was at, thank God for Bitcoin in, in Miami. And, uh, and, and (laughs) he said on stage to the government, please, please ban Bitcoin. I beg you ban Bitcoin. Uh, because that's that's when people really figure out how to use it, and that's when the tools are really built to make sure that the big the the government can't ban it. So yeah, I'm I'm curious, uh, Roman, uh, Yoni, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm totally with you and Giacomo. I think things getting worse and uh, proving how important Bitcoin is. Um, I I also think that. Um, that's the best way to entrepreneur people to not talk about Bitcoin, just explain how bad fiat is. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all the time when, when Bitcoin is um, like, so we have, we have two economic views of life, like one um, coming from the state, it's a Keynesian, a Keynesian uh, economic view, like we planning from above, we know what you want to buy in the future. So we produce this for you because we give, the, the companies, the credit and all this, what they need for this. And um, what Bitcoin does all the days, um, every day, when Bitcoin is coming in an individual list of, I want that, is to prove that the Austrian economics are right. So you can't plan the need of people. It's, it's a list in your head. Like you're standing up in the morning and you don't think, oh, I want to drive my car now. You think first, oh, I, I want to drink water. I have to go to toilet. I don't know. So it's your priority list. And, and you, you see at some point Bitcoin is coming up in your priority list and not only on your priority list, also on companies' priority lists and, and states and, and countries and all this. So every time when Bitcoin is coming to these people, <laughs> To, to these individuals, um, it's a proof that the Austrian economics are right. 
And I think um, if the things from the fiat world, from this planned centralized world are getting worse and worse, um, people cr uh, create a list and, and uh, Bitcoin is coming up there and you have the proof, yeah, you need Bitcoin. So I think it's good that it's a slow process. If our structures, like our centralized structures, which we have today, are falling too fast, I think it's dangerous because probably centralized parties will take over all people which don't know Bitcoin because they think, oh, there's a guy which tells me I bring you new jobs and everything and uh, yeah, okay, I kill a few million people for this, but hey, you have jobs, so <laughs> what the fuck? So the people probably w will say, yeah, um, I, I like what your ideas. So um, we, we saw this in, in different parts in our history. So I think Bitcoin has to come very slowly to our society and um, we need to bring things from the centralized view, from the centralized planned economic view to to the free market. And um, yeah, I think Bitcoin is on the perfect way. And I I'm totally agree with Giacomo on all these points. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Yoni, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's important to realize that a lot of people want Bitcoin to happen as fast as possible, but I don't think that that's a good idea for several reasons. And one of the reasons that I uh, usually mention is um, I make a comparison to psychedelics in the in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Like, if you look back at what happened to psychedelics in the 50s and 60s, we were researching psychedelics. And uh, I might just preface this by saying that I am, I am also a psychonaut. That is a very big part of my life. And when we were researching psychedelics as a tool to study the mind and to treat the mental illnesses and so on, and these um, very potent substances eventually uh, leaked into society, it created an, an entire new movement. Uh, people uh, consumed these substances and saw things about society and reality that they had not seen before and it caused them to start to organize differently and this way, new way of organizing society was a direct threat against existing power structures and centralized institutions but the clampdown on these on on this movement happened uh, because this this movement was growing so rapidly, so it did not uh, build up enough momentum to withstand uh, the clampdown from, from the state, basically. And I am a little bit scared that Bitcoin is happening too quickly. Um, because if it does happen too quickly, and we see, for example, say... Um, several nation states going against Bitcoin because they realize how powerful it is and how it can change society fundamentally, not to their benefit. If they were to regard Bitcoin as a threat on the similar level as, say, Russia perceives Ukraine, and they were to invest as much money in, uh, in, in hunting down Bitcoin and miners as Russia is doing to Ukraine, we have no idea what that would mean to Bitcoin. And I want to make sure, like even if even if Bitcoin could probably withstand such an attack, I am 
a bit complacent because I want to see Bitcoin. I don't want to have those existential threats against Bitcoin before it grows um, and becomes immortal. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's that's a good point. I mean, I of course agree with my with my point because I made it, but uh, it's 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 a, a little bit in, in it's partially in jest. Like Yoni uh, is right, uh, there are two ways a, a complex organism can die: either because it is attacked too soon, uh, which is again like Yoni's uh, uh, example of Satoshi not wanting WikiLeaks uh, to 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 use Bitcoin too soon. So if you attack, if you if you if you try, if you have to uh to grow up a, a baby um and uh, you will never expose uh, him or her to any kind of adversity uh he or she will grow up weak and uh, and complacent and then when adversity will eventually come she will or he will be just broken so you should expose to adversity like immune system you should expose the body to uh, pathogens so you can develop an immune system you could you should expose to sun radiation so you can the uh, uh, you can uh, produce uh, melanin but uh, on the other side of the specter if you expose uh, the baby too soon to too much it, it will just die so it's a it's a complex equilibrium probably at the beginning bitcoin was going to be it was risking to be attacked too soon I with uh, with legalized mining into corporation like uh, like uh, Marathon or Foundry and uh, Antpool, I'm uh, or with KYC exchanges and ETFs. I'm starting to think that we may be in the other direction, in which people do not like uh, uh, again. People are using custodian wallets because they're practical because it's still very hard to do lighting without custody because uh, you need the first transaction to receive so it's still complex but people are doing that because right now there is no reason not to because your money will not be confiscated right now so uh, i agree with yoni that we have to stay between the, the 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 excessive attack and the excessive complacency but maybe right now we are in a phase of too long honeymoon of course the problem is that attacks are good for Bitcoin, but they are bad for individual Bitcoiners. So, of course, we have a conflict of interest here. We want Bitcoin to be attacked uh, rhetorically, and I agree with Bitcoin mechanics. But yet again, I don't want the state to attack me right now as a Bitcoiner. I don't want to, to have to hide, to shut down my business. So there is a conflict of interest, uh, which, I mean, it's good because it is not in our power. to. We don't have to, we don't get to decide how much of the attack we will get. So my attitude would be, Everything is good for Bitcoin. Uh, you give me some more honeymoon, I would use it to build my business, to educate people, to spread the word. You give me more attack, that's good for Bitcoin. So either way, we win. So that's that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 interesting in instances where where the attack comes suddenly, like it's it's. You, you quickly realize like, holy shit, I've got a bunch of stuff I really should have done. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I should have been much more organized than I currently am. Um, and I think a lot of people realize that. And that's, and that's why I don't, um, that's why I kind of think you're right in terms of like, uh, you know, pe people need to, uh, the, the, the attacks are good. Um, but in, in small doses and and hopefully that's kind of what we get because um most bitcoiners aren't ready for that level of of attack that level of scrutiny that that 
that that boot coming down upon them. Um, and uh, un unfortunately, that's not how the world works. I think I think we're going to get the boot uh, or, or some countries are going to get that boot coming down on them and, and people are going to be scrambling. And hopefully we can use that opportunity to uh, to learn from it and and build. So we shall see. Um, but nonetheless, uh, anybody watching that is, you know, that, that isn't self-custodying that isn't, I mean, hopefully everybody watching as, as self-custody, like other than like small amounts on some tiny little lightning wallet or something. But like, you know, if you're not in self-custody, if, if, if you're not doing things like that, then you got to at least get to that level where, where your funds are your own. Um, it's much harder to kick in everybody's door and confiscate their Bitcoin one at a time than it is to call up an exchange and say, all right, this is ours now. So at least get to that level and then we'll worry about leveling up from there. Um, nonetheless, uh, we are going to do a further rotation for our last, uh, our last topic of the show. Uh, I will say to everybody in the chat again, thanks for being here. Um, if you can do me a solid, uh, take half a second and click that like button on YouTube. It really helps please the YouTube algorithmic gods and, uh, pump this in front of more, uh, eyeballs. If the people at YouTube see fit, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, to all my nostriches out there, cause this also streams live to Nostr, uh, give this a share as well, because, uh, I have a feeling that in the future, that may be the only avenue <laughs> that we can chat about Bitcoin on. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, nonetheless, and shout out to people watching live from Twitter, uh, from Rumble, all that stuff. Uh, I see you guys, too. So thank you, guys. And uh, and shout out to this is my buddy, Dave, by the way, uh, that just said smashed like just now. Thanks, Dave. I'll see you soon. I'll be home in 10 days. So uh, we'll we'll catch up. Anyways. Nonetheless, we're going to do a rotation. Uh, Yoni, it is all yours. I'll cue you up. Why are you bullish, my friend? Let me know. I am bullish about Bitcoin because Bitcoin saves the world. And uh, this is uh, basically the topic of my book, Abundance Through Scarcity. So I'm going to talk about an idea, maybe two ideas. Let's see where, we, where this brings us. But uh, actually, I can show the book here. I got it right here on my windowsill. Uh, here it is: Abundance Through Scarcity. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give you the full screen. Keep holding it up. Hold on. Sure. Let's see it. Oh, oh, damn chat. There we go. Yeah, yeah it's quite beautiful. I'm really proud of the cover. It is. And so this book is um, about the importance of Bitcoin for the future of human civilization. And, and exploring this particular branch of the Bitcoin uh, rabbit hole has fundamentally changed my relationship with Bitcoin and, and the future and made me a lot more optimistic than I've ever been in my entire life. And I want to give that to as many people as possible. So first on background. Uh, so our society is currently going through um, the worst decline that it has experienced in the past 2000 years based on a number of different uh, measurements. 
poverty, inflation, social unrest, bureaucracy, and surveillance are on the rise. Um, institutions are failing. Uh, our psychology is declining and we have a global mental health crisis. Uh, our hopes and dreams are getting smaller and smaller. Uh, our money is getting weaker and we are experiencing one of the worst depopulation events in history, apart from like big catastrophes in history, like the Toba catastrophe 74,000 years ago when, or whatever. Um, so now most major economies in the world are below replacement rate. And that is a very significant and, and um, alarming signal. So we may see our society collapse in, in just a few centuries. And I, uh, I outline why this is in, in my book. Uh, now, when we talk about collapse, uh, it, a real collapse does not, uh, as it is portrayed in the Hollywood films, it's very different from that, uh, how it plays out in real life. Like they're not as dramatic, but they are, but they're more dangerous or they're more severe. Uh, so if we were to continue to decline, which we have been for the past 50 years, basically, and if we were to, to continue to decline to a point where our society collapsed, we could forever become trapped in, um, as farmers in a life that our ancestors fought very hard to escape. So the definition of collapse is a rapid simplification of a complex society, and rapid meaning hundreds of years. Um, and in the process of collapse, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of culture, literature, knowledge, uh, technology, and wealth is, is lost, and populations also decline severely. And this has happened to uh, many civilizations in the past, and we are, we are not immune to this. So, um, um, and we could, I mean, this, the way that I see it, uh, like we have been declining now for the past 50 years. We, we're, as I mentioned before, uh, and I think that the next stages could entail maybe the loss of nuclear power, uh, lost, a loss of uh, many universities and research institutions, maybe parts of modern medicine. And we're also going to see increased poverty, lower standards of living, uh, maybe ecological collapse and, and several unsustainable breaks in our, uh, uh, in our um, food and production systems. And we will also see further depopulation. But this happens so slowly that any one generation will hardly notice. Like if you look back 50 years or 70 years, like our grandparents' uh, generation, basically, uh, they were they had a lot, each individual, each family had a lot bigger claim on the entire economy than we do now. So in a sense, we are poorer than they were. We have had 50 or 70 years of technological and economical growth since then. But despite that, we are still poorer than they are like now at the uh, at the age of, to have uh, to live in a well back then in uh, you could have a house um, a summer house uh, three kids uh, a car or maybe even two cars a boat and go on vacation once a year and save some money on one income at the age of 35 <laughs> now you need two incomes to rent an apartment in a city have a dog and some houseplants 
and that and that is despite 50 or 70 years of economic uh, um, progress. So, um, and I argue in the book uh, that the reason for our current decline is that is the fiat system. And now Bitcoin not only reverses this ongoing decline, but it also brings about an abundant future. So therefore, abundant abundance through scarcity. And the thing is, uh, one of my central theses is, is that uh, bit, uh, society ebbs and flows through decline and prosperity. And that is natural. The, th the important thing is this. So future declines, even in a hyper-Bitcoinized economy, will still be possible, but they will not uh, lead to an entire collapse because we will always have Bitcoin as a protection. And I, uh, in Abundance Through Scarcity, you will learn exactly how Bitcoin protects against collapse um, and and how it not, not just protects against collapse, but also brings about an abundant future, which entails human beings becoming an ageless species uh, and how we are climbing the Kardashev scale and how we are going to become a multiplanetary civilization. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, I'm totally with you. Um, I'm uh, thank you for for this words. Uh, really amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, what do you think? How good are our chances with Bitcoin to not get this very hard situation? Like if we if we lose, uh, you, you talked about losing the information about technology and all the things. So if we lose this, um, how can we get? energy resources when when all the coal is, is built away and we can't dig that deep ah. with our technology and all this stuff so probably we never reach our technical standard again <laughs> because well, thank uh, you for asking this this yeah. is this is one of the essential points in the book also uh like what you were talking about is what i refer to as the singularity crisis which basically means that if we were to collapse now if our continue if this decline that we are going through right now which a lot of people are not even aware of because it hap it's happening so slowly. But in, uh, say, two, three, four hundred, five hundred years, uh, we could co collapse to that point where we can never rise again. We can never. This might be our final collapse. This might be the singularity crisis where we rise to become farmers permanently and become trapped in that time because we will not, now we will have exhausted uh, a lot of the easily accessible. Uh, resources. Um, and when we have depleted a lot of the easily accessible resources, we will need a lot more like um, industrialized technology and digital technology in order to be able to progress at all. And we won't have that if we if we collapse now. So this is our this is our shot. We need to reverse this decline. We cannot collapse a second time or, or like um, another time. We, we cannot afford it. Yeah, uh, yes. and that, that is that it is really crucial that we do not collapse. And I believe that Bitcoin has really come in the eleventh hour for that. Because if we look at, for example, the Roman Empire, it took them five hundred years to collapse. Five hundred years, <laughs> and no single generation in the Roman um, Empire essentially uh, realized that they were declining. And when they collapsed, they didn't even know that they had collapsed. They just disintegrated. They had become a much simpler society over time with a lot fewer people. But um, so Bitcoin plays a, a, a key role 
in our evolution as a species and civilization because one, it protects us against further decline. And two, it uh, changes our our psychology, our collective psychology to become to become future oriented. And, th and third, uh, it enables us to build the kind of future that we actually want. Without Bitcoin, I don't think that we can become an ageless species or um, become multiplanetary or climb the Kardashev scale. Yeah. So in abundance through scarcity, uh, again here, uh, in abundance through scarcity, I, uh, my goal is uh, to paint a high-resolution portrait of this future from first principles reasoning. So it reads like a sci-fi novel, and it has some stunning artwork. It's not just the cover that is great. It really has some stunning artwork. Uh, so it reads like a sci-fi novel, but it really is grounded in, in very real philosophy, economics, history, mathematics, and cosmology. So it really is a collection of big Bitcoin ideas. And as I said, it begins in the Roman Empire because the underlying theme is uh, the rise and fall of civilizations in the past and in the future, and also in outer space. So I also explore the Fermi paradox with relation to uh, money and collapse. I, I love that. I think, well, one, it reminds me of, it's, it's like Bitcoiners as a whole are Harry Seldon, are like the, the, the um, uh, what's the foundation? Yeah, psychohistory of Asimov. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's kind of like, basically using mathematics to to predict predict the downfall of of a particular society uh, mm -hmm. except for like with with you know fiat mathematics it's just super easy <laughs> just like, nobody's bothered to do the math um but but secondly like again like the the fermi paradox the 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 great filter theory of like why haven't we seen uh, you yeah. know, other societies yet. And is, is, is the ability to have like actual, like digital scarcity and the, the ability to actually rein in, um, you know, fiat, is that one of those, those, uh, factors that prevents societies from being able to ascend to the ability to, traverse the galaxy like they they implode before they get to the point of like being able to visit others so if, if we start from first principles every civilization will want to expand mm -hmm. and if they want to expand they will construe some sort of um, economy and that economy will naturally ebb and flow through prosperity and decline and that decline will eventually uh, cause a collapse unless they have uh, a protection against collapse. And if they collapse um, enough times, they will have exhausted their resources. So uh, eventually they will not be able to rise again. And this is the singularity crisis, which could explain why we haven't seen anybody. I have another thesis. I have another thesis. Probably there are aliens um, that want to destroy civilizations by implementing uh, central bank currencies <laughs> yes that would make such that a, uh, maybe that's the threequel to avatar they just <laughs> use fiat <laughs> yes and pandora <laughs> just collapses in on itself yeah 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 it's a it's a powerful weapon we don't need to we need, don't need to uh conjure like uh uh like uh, 
danger like being able to produce black holes and to to uh engage in interstellar warfare it's enough with just imposing fiat systems on civilizations yeah, they, they destroy the, the whole whole ecosystem everything they live in everything is destroyed at the end <laughs> exactly. can you imagine that there's like the 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 threequel is like have you guys heard about the u.s dollar <laughs> forget your black hole producers right here yeah, exactly. over immediately. So i began making videos also about based on the chapters in abundance through scarcity and one of those videos is about bitcoin as kardashev type one money and uh, and this is huge uh so i finished this video uh, yesterday it's an 11 minute long video which will pu i will publish on my youtube channel uh, soon enough but i figured we could um show uh, just a teaser here like a premiere the intro to the video it's a one minute intro and i mean uh, your audience is probably familiar with the kardashev scale or what, what would you say ben uh well, i mean give give like a cliff note <laughs> yeah sorry yeah. just a second about this uh i i really have to tell somebody this it was in may and we were at the dinner with bitcoiners and some some guy was keeping talking about the Kardashian scale and everybody was just like, oh, this is very stupid, but okay, go on. <laughs> but the Kardashian, I think the Kardashian scale or Kardashian, what, what's the English word? The, the German word is Kardashian scala. What's the English word? No, but the reference there was to King Kardashian. So it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to, it's try not to the Kardashian word without reference. It's not the, the Kardashian that. scale. It's a Kardashian scale. <laughs> Kardashian scale, is it right? Kardashian, yeah, we say Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. Kardashian. I think yeah. Kardashian scale is like the polar opposite. Polar opposite, exactly. Yeah. So the Kardashian scale. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, um, I just the word. Uh, I know the Kardashian sky scale because um, I've made a video one and a half years ago to reference to Bitcoin. But uh, so I, I don't know the correct English word. If it's it's, it's a Russian, it's a Russian name, right? It's a, it's a yes. Russian name. It's a it's the surname of Nikolai Kardashev. Um, uh, Kardashev. So in 1964, Kardashev. he uh, uh, Kardashev. Um, so in 1964, he uh, construed this uh, three-tiered system of um, as a measurement of the uh, um, of of the uh, technological uh, sophistication of a civilization based on how much energy they control. So he produced a, a three-tiered system: Kardashev uh, Type One, Type Two, and Type Three. And Kardashev Type One civilizations they are planetary. Uh, in simple terms, meaning they control every watt of energy that reaches their planet or is produced on their planet, meaning that they have full control of their planet. They control the weather, volcanic activity, uh, even tectonic plate movement and the orbit around their star. They have also begun to extensively colonize um, other planets in their solar system. So they're fully planetary. Cars of type two, they are stellar, so they have full control of the, all the energy produced in their solar system. So they have a Dyson sphere around their sun, uh, basically, um, a megastructure encapsulating their, their star, their host star, um, harvesting all, harnessing all the energy produced by their star. And they have colonized every stellar body, even the, uh, like we would, uh, uh, even the, uh, Asteroid belts like the Kuiper belt for us that would be and the Oort cloud, and they they may they uh, are engaged in asteroid mining and they have col colonies on every planet and they control the orbit of every planet in the solar system. Type three, 
they are they are truly gods. They control all the energy uh, produced in in an entire galaxy. So, um, and we it's difficult to speculate what kind of technologies they would have. They would basically play with black holes and quasars. And what what's interesting on the Kardashev Kardashev scale is um, if you raise it, it you you have you have a better um, ecosystem and everything because yes. um, it, we can we can reach one when we're burning all our energy on the world and then we are zero. So uh, if we want to hold one, we we have to have a exactly. technology which is possible to hold one. And if we find an alien civilization on Kadasha scale one, we know we can learn something from them. And then we probably are, um, we, we should take all our energy to reach them because otherwise we probably see aliens which are throwing shit at each other. <laughs> It mm. might be funny, but we don't learn anything from them. Mm. Yeah. So, right. so there's actually a mathematical formula to calculate where we are on the Kardashev scale. And we are currently um, around 0.6. So 0.4 points away from becoming a full full Kardashev one, and that might seem like not a lot, but the scale is logarithmic, meaning that we would have to increase our control of power a 10,000 fold from where we are now, and uh, that is quite a lot. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin is not only a tool for this. Bitcoin is more. How could you measure? how much energy a whole civilization is using. You don't have, you, you have to trust how much energy Google is using. But Bitcoin is like the log file for the Kardashev scale because you have the difficulty and the difficulty adjustment is made by the use of power for Bitcoin. And if we have hyper-Bitcoinization and Bitcoin is our money, you can see, you, you can measure all economic uh, trades And you can refer this to the to the difficulty, so you know how much energy the whole world is using. So Bitcoin is our log five for our civilization index. It's mind blowing. That is a very insightful. That, that is a very great insight. I love that, Roman. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, so, I have um, I've begun to make. So okay. So the point here is that Bitcoin is Kardashev type money, meaning that it's truly planetary money, and we don't have many technologies that are truly planetary. But we are uh, approaching a Kardashev type one level as a civilization by slowly uh, introducing these types of technologies. And Bitcoin, like in the internet, are those kinds of technologies. We have internet for that for information. Right now, I will admit it's clunky, but internet in 200, 200 years is going to be quite impressive, I think. And the same with uh, like Bitcoin. It's it's very impressive to because now we have a network for exchanging value on a global scale. And we've never had that before in, in the history of our species. So um, like I said, I've begun making videos based on the chapters uh, of this in this book. And Ben, maybe we can show just the intro to uh, the Kardashev, Bitcoin is Kardashev type one money. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Imagine the far future of human civilization. As our descendants have evolved into godlike beings, wielding the power of not just an entire star, but an entire galaxy. In 1964, a grand measure of civilizations 
was proposed by Russian astrophysicist Nikolai Kardashev. The Kardashev scale, a three-tiered system, it classifies civilizations based on their technological sophistication and energy consumption. What kind of civilizations did Kardashev imagine? Where do we currently reside on this scale? And more intriguingly, where are we headed? Ooh, that looks good. I'm excited about that. Awesome. So that's the intro. Thank you. Yeah, very well done. Very well done. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, so when oh, so do we have a timeline on that? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna need to be watching that the second it drops. Yeah, I'm thinking about. Sorry, um, I thought a timeline on the uh, type uh, one civilization. I say, well, be patient, be patient. Yeah, <laughs> like, is that like, so that's like next week that's, or? <laughs> for the video, I'm not really sure yet. I haven't decided. I finished the video yesterday, and uh, I don't know. Sometime next week, Friday maybe. When when the weather is bad, so more people will watch this. Yeah. When, I don't know, uh, like uh, Ben, your YouTube channel is, um, you've been working quite a long time su successfully on doing Bitcoin. I don't know when the right time is to publish. I'm still learning these things. Uh, weekdays, uh, the exact opposite of when I do it, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh, like between like 8 and 10 p.m. Eastern time. Mm, okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But I'll I'll let you I keep you keep you guys posted, and I'll uh, do some. Um, um, I'll basically just let, let you know when I when I have a date in mind. Yeah, and, yeah, and also well, the reason I'll, I'll, I'll I'll mention it too whenever when I get to uh, like uh, all every week on like the Thursday news show, I I try to highlight any like cool things that have come out. So uh, when oh, it drops, thank you. <clears throat> So I'm, I'm very excited about also about the, my book, Abundance Through Scarcity, because um, writing it, like it really made me fall in love with Bitcoin like never before. And if I if if reading it, uh, if you can enjoy reading it half as much as I did writing it, that that's fantastic. And I, I can almost guarantee that people are going to fall in love with Bitcoin in a way that they haven't before if they if they pick up a copy. So, um, and Giacomo, you said you were doing a course uh, in El Salvador. Are you going to uh, adopting Bitcoin? Yep. In November? You are? In there for two months from the end of October until Christmas, basically. Cool. I will see you then. Cool. I'm, I'm speaking at the conference. Looking forward. Looking forward. Awesome. I, will, yeah. I will make sure to buy a copy before so I can have it signed. Awesome. I, I'm, I, wasn't, I wasn't planning on going... I may I may have just figured out a way to make it so I may see you guys there we'll see Yanni with, withhold the signed copy until Ben uh, confirms that he will be don't don't allow don't sign a single thing until I get there <laughs> who's, yeah. uh, who's going to Riga I'm going there as well you going yeah yeah Going where? Sorry, Riga, Baltic on Badger. That is one that I I really wanted to get to. The only reason I'm not going is my daughter starts her first day of grade one, and I want to be there. So that's you know. more important. That's more important. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. So and I, I haven't figured out Amsterdam yet. I'm 
trying to go to Amsterdam and Madeira, but I, I don't like. I want to have a speaking slot, um, so I'm trying to arrange that. You can that. you can have mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they asked me, but I don't think I I, I don't go to Amsterdam this year. I have too okay. much to do this year, and yeah, mm. so too too stressful. I mean, I'm in this weird place right now where I have one foot in the fiat life and one foot in Bitcoin. It's uh, it's quite difficult to juggle. Yeah, that's not good. But fiat mining is a necessary part. And I mean, financially, if I didn't quit my fiat job in 2013, uh, that would probably be very good right now. Uh, like I, I had to spend a lot of sets before I had my boating accident. But uh, <laughs> from the life experience point of view, the amount of people I met in the last 10 years and the amount of uh, uh, knowledge I could I could extort from from wise people, it has been fun. So, yeah, I think that leaving for your job is a very uh, financially reckless, but uh, personally enriching experience. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, 100%. I mean, but leaving a fiat job assumes that um, you, you may, or, or regretting leaving a fiat job assumes that you would maintain the level of understanding of Bitcoin that you have right now with enough conviction to continue to stack with your fiat income. And I'm not convinced that many of us would have the level of knowledge that we have, like if we hadn't fully committed. If you don't go full in with your life as well, it's harder to, to study it. That, that said, I mean, I, I th also think that what kind of fiat job you're doing also matters because like something like medical doctors, that the amount of vocacy and the amount of maybe uh, like personal investment you may have in something like that is different. I was like technology consultant. I mean, fuck mm -hmm. it, let's do Bitcoin yeah. stuff. But I, I, I like it a lot. I really like what I do. So it's it's difficult for that reason as well. Yeah. And I, I think know, one, one way to, to go full Bitcoin is to do what you can do better and start to try to serve more the Bitcoin community, get paid in sets for what you do. Yeah. So like yeah. a, the, the Bitcoin doctor may be a thing eventually if you manage to find a way to scale it. We, we, we need the trusted doctors, especially in these times. <laughs> you need to link up with like crowd health or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think the the lesson here is uh, once you go stack, you never go back. Is, is probably <laughs> the, the, the way to say. It. Um, all right, gentlemen, um, I'm gonna start. I know I know Roman, you're on a a, a, a time crunch here, uh, and I, I we're kind of reached our time. I'm gonna start rounding out here uh, really quick. Uh, I also want to uh, give a shout out to Yellow because uh, the having party is coming. Uh, we were talking about travel. So uh, uh, those of you that get down to El Salvador in April, uh, that's happening as well. And I'm, I, I will be there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, nonetheless, um, I like to round out the show a certain way. Uh, Roman, I know you're, you're, you're quick. I'll go to, go to you first. But um, basically at the end of every show, let's quickly go through any final thoughts you may have. Also, I try to get, if you happen to have a recommendation, I love to get that too. So recommendation, what I mean is literally anything, whether it be like a piece of advice that you've learned just through being in Bitcoin for an extended period of time, something you wish others knew that you maybe didn't uh, when you were starting, or it could be uh, a piece of content. It could be a device or a, a, a 
um, an, an app or something that you think is interesting, a piece of news, something that you think people should check out that is worth their time. Um, so I'll, I'll uh, start with my final thoughts and uh, recommendation, and then I'll toss it to Roman next. But um, final thoughts. Honestly, uh, Yoni, I'm, I'm so glad that we wrapped with your topic because I love diving into that kind of like um, almost cosmic realm of thinking of like where, where is humanity headed, that, that greater picture. Um, and it's particularly relevant to me right now where you, you're talking about like this, this collapse feeling and, and I get it more to be honest when I, when I visit Europe. And the reason I say that is because I see the difference in architecture. I see things that were built um, by people who were building them, not for themselves, not for their children, but for generations that they would never meet. And then I go home and I th see things that were built on debt that will be repaid by generations they will never meet. And you can't get a further contrast than that. And we need to get back to the former in order to achieve what you're alluding to. And I'm so getting goosebumps when you're talking about this. <laughs> it's spot on. It's my my wife, like she's, you know, hats off to Mrs. Sessions because she's fallen down the rabbit hole hard. And when we get into conversations like this and we get, we get traveling and we go to these places and we're like, there's these buildings that are standing that are thousands of years old and and they were built to withstand um the collapse of empires and yeah like yes there's there's lots of ruins but there's also lots of things that are still standing and then you get home and they repaved the road two years ago and there's potholes <laughs> we're no longer we're no longer building for things to last ten thousand years we're building for things to last decades to to possibly centuries yeah, and that is a radical shift in in the time preferences in mentality. So that is a decline of our psychology. Was uh, was mentioning the same uh, the same term time preference is a term that I never I, I did like to study Austrian economics before Bitcoin, but it was really with Bitcoin that I understood this part of Austrian tradition, which is time preference. Uh, kudos to Seferiana Mus, especially that was uh, the first one to really focus on that and then many other people including uh, yourself Yoni Knut many other Bitcoin writers uh, emphasize the, the point of time preference it's really one of the most fundamental concepts ever and the most consequential uh, concepts ever the, the problem is that uh, right now you may have some kind of you may hear some kind of uh, uh, smirk reaction you know when there is something that is unknown and that's proposed, there is a, there would be a lot of initial excitation. So everybody was talking about time preference a few years ago. Then people will tr will try to overreact on the other extreme, uh, becoming skeptical of any kind of uh, uh, economic talk because uh, Bitcoin is uh, uh, you want to get back to be more practical. Don't talk about philosophy. But if you really think about that, it's one of the most profound and uh, in, and and consequential concepts in in not just in money. But in everything, from in everything, and then the problem is this: life to civilization. Yes, the problem is this: if you have a high time preference, you can't appreciate why low time preference is important. True, <laughs> right? Meta, meta, high time preference. Yes. Right. 
<laughs> Roman, I, I, I'm gonna, I, without taking up too much time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss it to you. Um, I, I'll finish off with my recommendation. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about how, like, you know, when when shit hits the fan, when when you're in a pinch, um, you're gonna wish you were better prepared than you were. Take self custody. That's step one. I know, and anybody watching this is gonna already have Bitcoin, but if it's not your Bitcoin, it's not your Bitcoin. Uh, figure out self custody. Set up a wallet. Um, get get some hardware. That's that's it. That's my recommendation. Uh, Ron, I'm gonna toss it to you. Any final thoughts, recommendations? Take it away, man. Yeah. Um, if you watch this video and uh, you even don't don't want to buy Bitcoin after all, um, learn it because um, you see how deep this topics can go, like uh, about physics, about mathematics, um, about Kardashev scale and all the things. And you see how synced our knowledge is. It's the first time I talk that deep with Giacomo, you, Ben, or you, Ioni, and uh, we have quite the same deep knowledge of all these parts that uh, that have nothing to do with Bitcoin directly, but um, indirectly, because Bitcoin is um, touching all this points of our life and you're learning so much about how our world is working and it's a fascinating um, journey so um, even if you don't want to buy bitcoin try to learn why you don't want to buy bitcoin because i swear to you it's a, it's it's a fantastic um feeling to see all the stuff and and growing this need of knowledge in your brain it's amazing Love to hear it, man. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Giacomo, I'm going to toss it to you. Final thoughts, recommendations. Go ahead. Uh, redundant, but yeah, self-custody is the first step. Eventually, I think that uh, people sh will have to pay attention to non-KYC way to buy Bitcoin and the way to uh, increase privacy by mixing and the, to use Lightning because eventually high fee will arrive. But the very first step is uh, don't get don't allow people to scare you into thinking that backing up 12 words is too much for you you can you can write and read alphabetical writing which took like uh, millenniums uh, for, for for becoming a, a widespread practice uh, people could not do that usually uh, up to a century back uh, from now so you can do very complex things so you can back up 12 words in a way that you don't lose them and other people cannot easily access them you can and if you can do that uh you can do you can uh create the first barrier against attacker including legal attackers like nation states and illegal attackers like common bugglers and you can do that then when you do that don't stop there because there is still like avoid kyc kyc just a list of target with uh, documents and, and up-to-date home address and the amount of things you can steal. So KYC is a target list. Then there is like on-chain linking, which is also a, a, a second-degree target list because everybody can easily mess up in your uh, purchases and saving uh, habits and the kind of wallet you're using, which will weaken your defense. But there, this is a progression. First thing, just get off of any kind of fucking th thrust at their party <laughs> i like that also uh, uh conveniently if if you figure out non-kyc it makes the on-chain stuff that much easier 
<laughs> so yeah. I usually tell uh, that there are like three degrees of privacy in Bitcoin. I, I, I reuse this, I recycle this notion up because I, I like it. Uh, so the first level is private key. Private key must be private. If somebody else knows your private key that moves your Bitcoin, they are not your Bitcoins. So privacy or private key is the most important thing. The second layer is connection between your, your uh, fiat identity and your public keys. So if uh, there is an easy connection between identity and public keys, that will allow people to come to your house and then uh, break the first degree of privacy. So force you to give up the private key. And then the third layer is connection among public keys. So if you leak your identity on one, this leakage will infect and proliferate to all the others. So this is a progression, but start with the basic one. Uh, 12 words, it's very simple. Don't, don't mess it up. Uh, give give it some attention and some study. Uh, uh, give some thinking about inheritance and how you live it. And it, it's doable. Really, it's doable. Awesome. Uh, before he leaves, uh, everybody give a, a hats off to Roman. He's got to run. But uh, Roman, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it was a pleasure to meet you guys. Really nice. Bye-bye together. <laughs> See you guys. Awesome. Uh, Yoni, I'm going to toss it to you. Uh, final, uh, you get the last word. Um, any final thoughts, any recommendations, take it away, man. I have a recommendation. Art is incredibly important. Uh, it is a mirror of our um, of society, of our mentality, of everything. And there is a piece of art that I um, discovered today. It's a piece of music, actually. It's uh, made by Oliver Anthony. And the, the song is Richmond, North of Richmond. This is the guy. It's the best um, Bitcoin um, song that I've heard in a long time. It's it's incredible. Um, his voice gives me chills and the message is just on point. I don't think it's intended as a Bitcoin song, but it definitely is. Uh, I hope it's intended as a Bitcoin song. It might just be. Um, either case, it is upon all of us to get this guy uh, into our community. Awesome. But he, he's a, he's a, he has a strong voice. Uh, literally, and we uh, we really need this guy. I, I I just posted it in the chat. I heard a snippet of it earlier today. Oh, yeah. Sounds sounds fantastic. I yeah. and and the topic is is interesting too. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, you check it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to listen to it immediately after this because I was meaning to all today and I just couldn't get to it. So um, I'm glad you brought it up. Interesting. I I, I also saw somebody else. Uh, on Twitter, be like, "All right, so Bitcoiners are all blue gla uh, bluegrass specialists now." So, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, uh, which is great. No, that's that's awesome. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, I love I love that, um, gentlemen. I'm going to round it out here. Uh, this was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Obviously, uh, hats off to Roman. Thank you for joining us, and anybody that. Uh, watches Roman that that showed up that may not have been familiar with the channel. Welcome. Uh, Giacomo, it's been a long time coming. I can't believe I haven't had you on the show yet. Uh, we had tried previously, but time zones suck. Uh, and, so you, and you really had to do it with Yoni. And now Yellow were coming just to listen to me. And now we'll go out uh, as a Yoni fan. So you, you basically uh, burn my opportunity to shine. <laughs> okay. No, it's great. I, I thoroughly enjoy. I was so glad I could have you. Is is Mir in the room? Can I say hi? Yeah, to her? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mir. 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 H
Hi. There she is. How's it going? Very, very fine. Somebody has to work while Giacomo is yeah. talking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He's a slacker. I know that. It's fine. Um, Division of labor is the yeah. cornerstone of civilization. Yes. I thought she works. <laughs> and, and the family's good? Yeah, yeah. They are. They're good always. <laughs> awesome. All right. Good. Glad to hear. Good to see you. See you around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Yoni, I'm going to toss it to you. Final thoughts, recommendations, all yours. Um, yeah. I already did that. Oh, did, sorry. I'm, I'm getting confused because I'm talking <laughs> to Giacomo. Oh, I'm sorry. You see, even uh, you want to, to give double the spice to Yoni. I know, you know. Yeah, Everybody's just turning. The recommendation, yeah. all of that. Anyways, um, well, that's awesome, guys. Uh, again, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I, I This was a hell of a rip. Um, pleasantly surprised. Anytime I run over the hour and a half, I know it was a good rip. So, uh, thank you guys. I really appreciated thank that. You. Um, and I'm glad, uh, Yoni, I'm, I'm glad that I got to meet you in Prague. I hopefully will see you again soon. And I'm, I definitely will cross paths with you. Uh, Giacomo, I will see you, uh, as well soon. Maybe, gonna... maybe in a Salvador or, or, or later on. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna try and make it down. I think uh, there's there's something that came up that I I may be able to get there in November. Now. Or or you can just go to Greece and just stay there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna? Uh, you know, yellow yellow really loved the episode because in the chat I said that uh, I liked Greece more than Italy. <laughs> you know what my problem is? Sorry, I'm I'm gonna keep this going for a second, Giacomo. Maybe you can enlighten me on this. My problem was this time around. I did all of Southern Italy. Previously, I did all of Northern Italy. And then I heard somebody here say just recently, it's like two different countries in a single country. Is that true? It is. It's even more than that. Italy is a very fiat concept. Italy never really existed. It was like a, 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 a patchwork of very different places from a Southern Kingdom to, uh, to the Vatican, the Vatican State, mm -hmm. to the Northern Communes and some part of Austro-Hungaric Empire. So it's totally made up concept. Uh, mm -hmm. You cannot visit Italy. You can visit uh, uh, hundreds of different places that have been conquered by one single army in the late 19th century. But even the Italian language is totally artificial. It didn't exist up to very recently. It was just the dialect of Florence. And then it was made artificially as the Italian language because uh, they needed unification. My grandparent from, from Milan could not even understand a guy from Sicily. Just were completely different languages and was just few generations ago. So the, the, whoever told you this is, is correct. There is no Italy. You really have to be more specific and uh, it, it's very complex. <laughs> also, uh, uh, yellow comments on how Southern Italy is is very Greek influenced. And and funny enough, actually, once I got to um, uh, Syracuse, uh, it was, I actually quite enjoyed that. And there was a lot of Greek influence there. <laughs> um, Greek was everywhere. And, and there is still right now Greek kind of efficiency in the like infrastructures and bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I also noticed that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I've, I've quite enjoyed the trip. Nonetheless, I really enjoyed Italy. Um, it's fantastic. This is actually my last night here. I fly to Malta tomorrow um, and then uh, Malta for a few days and then to London to visit a friend and then home. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I, I thoroughly enjoyed both. I think, uh, 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 Giacomo, just for you, I will say um, 
I really I enjoyed a lot of the northern parts, um, and then and then I I enjoyed when I went south and south. I mean, like anything like south of Rome. Uh, I enjoyed, uh, and I don't know if Malta's uh, sorry, not Malta, um, uh, Matera. Is that south yeah. of Rome? Yeah, yeah, it is south of Rome. It's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I quite enjoyed Matera, um, and then uh, and then also. Uh, Syracuse, uh, Syrac Syracusa. How do I say that? Yeah, Syracusa. Perfecto. Okay, Syracusa. Um, Palermo, not so much. It's a hard city. Like, it probably is like you, you visit Baghdad. I mean, it's historical school, but probably not. It's 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 also ugly in a way, but you can eat in a way that's incredible. Can right? you? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you you met you you missed it out. If if you didn't eat great in in Palermo, you you did something wrong. Yeah, well, I, we're we're here for a very short time, so we 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 got a lot of good stuff in uh, Syracuse, but uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stop with the talk. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna be seeing some Malta Bitcoiners uh, very soon. Uh, Adam back, I'm gonna hang out with him a little bit. I'm looking forward to that. So, anyways, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, love everything. Uh, everybody watching, if you can. Go give them a follow. Their Twitter handles are, are in the show notes. And then from there, you can find all the stuff that they're doing. And uh, and Yoni, I will, uh, as soon as you drop that video, I will share the ever-living shit, shit out of it. So can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you for this. Cheers. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. A blast that was a great i really enjoyed that one so um glad to have all these gentlemen on roman again who i just met at btc prague uh yoni also met at BC, btc prague and giacomo i'm going to tell you a quick story uh first time i saw him in person was at uh, baltic honey badger which is coming up by the way if you haven't been there if you're close to riga if you can get there it's awesome i would be there if it wasn't my daughter's first day at a new school but Family takes precedent, obviously. That's going to take precedent, but I do plan on being there next year. Nonetheless, uh, <laughs> first time seeing Giacomo in person, I was at Baltic Honey Badger. The night before, I had been out with Madex, Francis Pouliot, and another guy from Bull Bitcoin, and we were out till 7 in the morning. I managed to pry myself out of the hotel room just in time to sit front row for Giacomo speaking, and we made eye contact just as I lost consciousness in the front row <laughs> temporarily and then bobbed up and realized that I don't know if Giacomo even remembers it. I should have mentioned it when he was online here. But uh, anyways, that happened. I definitely passed out while watching Giacomo speak in Riga. <laughs> so it's a damn miracle that he came on the show. Uh, either way, it was a blast. Absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you guys again so much for watching. As always, like, subscribe, share, all those things. They really do help a ton. Uh, of course, you can help out in another way. You can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors. They're in the show notes all down below. You can also hit up my website, btcsessions.ca. Uh, ton of free information there, but uh, of interest if you need some help. Additional help uh, on top of the free tutorials on YouTube. You can book me for one-on-ones in Zoom or Google Meet or whatever you prefer. You can also, if you really like what you see, you can drop me a tip, uh, a tab that says tips 
on my website, btcsessions.ca. That'll take you to my personal BTC Pay server, and you can drop sats there, on-chain, lightning, whatever you like. You can, you know, send me a cuck buck, you a coffee, you can help me run my voltage node or uh, pay for my streaming uh, software or help with uh, getting hardware to review and all that kind of stuff. So nonetheless, that is all there for you. Um, but uh, if, if you want to help in just a very simple way, just hit that like button that goes further than you believe and give it a share on, on whatever your social media is. And then it goes way further than you would imagine. And if you're not subscribed, please do because that helps a ton. Anyways, guys, I'm going to wrap up here. Thank you guys so much for being here uh, and uh, have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. See you guys next time for your daily session. Hold all the Bitcoin.